This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming up on 5 Minute News. Trump campaign strategy to deter millions of black Americans from voting. EPA chief challenges California's mandated zero emission vehicles by 2035. And WHO rolls out faster COVID tests for poorer nations. It's Tuesday, September 29. I'm Anthony Davis. Over 3 million black voters in key states were identified by Donald Trump's 2016 campaign as people they had to persuade to stay home on Election Day to help him reach the White House. The revelation comes from an enormous data leak obtained by the respected British public broadcaster Channel 4 News. It shows that four years ago, the Trump campaign prepared files on almost 200 million American voters and separated some out into eight different categories. One such category, assigned to three and a half million black voters, was titled Deterrence. The leaked database was reportedly used by Trump's digital campaign team, which was critical to Trump's narrow victory. Channel 4 News has a track record of exposing the unethical practices of Cambridge Analytica, the now-defunct British digital black ops firm that harvested the Facebook data of tens of millions of voters for the use of Team Trump. The leaked files show that black Americans were disproportionately marked deterrents by the 2016 campaign, making up far more of the category when compared to general population stats. In Georgia, black people make up around a third of the population, but 61% of the Trump campaign's deterrence category there. The same pattern can be seen in data for North Carolina and Wisconsin. Overall, people of color, labeled by the campaign as black, Hispanic, Asian and other groups, made up 54% of the people in the deterrence category. In contrast, the list of voters that the campaign wanted to encourage to head out to vote were mostly white. It's impossible to say how effective the tactics were, but research shows that in 2016 black turnout fell by 8 points. The data does not offer a complete picture of exactly how the deterrence list was exploited, though it's likely that it was used to help the campaign micro-target people on Facebook in the months leading up to Election Day in 2016. The head of the US Environmental Protection Agency questioned California Governor Gavin Newsom's plan to require all new passenger vehicle sales in 2035 to be zero emission models. EPA Administrator Andrew Wheeler said the plan raises serious questions regarding its legality and practicality and claimed it could cause problems for the state's electrical grid. He also declared the move could be subject to federal approval, saying it may require California to request a waiver to US EPA. 
The EPA in 2019 issued rules barring California from requiring the sale of electric vehicles. A court challenge is pending. Wheeler's exchange with Democratic-led California comes as Republican President Donald Trump seeks to win votes in Midwestern auto manufacturing states in the November 3rd presidential contest. California's 2035 clean car move, the most significant yet by a US state aimed at ending the use of gasoline-burning internal combustion engines, clashes with Trump's pro-fossil fuel policies. California accounts for around 11% of all U.S. vehicle sales, and many states adopt its green vehicle mandates. California's record of rolling blackouts, unprecedented in size and scope, coupled with recent requests to neighboring states for power, begs the question of how you expect to run an electric car fleet that will come with significant increases in electricity demand when you can't even keep the lights on today, Wheeler wrote. California, on just two days last month, imposed rolling blackouts on around 400,000 customers during an oppressive heat wave. The state's grid operator blamed outages on a gas plant suddenly dropping offline, low wind power and a lack of imported electricity from other states due to scorching temperatures across the West. The World Health Organization announced on Monday it and leading partners have agreed to a plan to roll out 120 million rapid diagnostic tests for the coronavirus to help lower and middle-income countries make up ground in a testing gap with richer countries, even if it's not fully funded yet. At $5 apiece, the antigen-based rapid diagnostic tests for which WHO issued an emergency use listing last week initially requires $600 million and is to get started as early as next month to provide better access to areas where it's harder to reach with PCR tests that are often used in many wealthier nations. The rapid tests look for antigens or proteins found on the surface of the virus. They are generally considered less accurate, though much faster, than higher-grade genetic tests known as PCR tests. Those tests require processing with speciality lab equipment and chemicals. Typically, that turnaround takes several days to deliver results to patients. Many rich countries have also faced problems rolling out accurate tests, and testing itself is no panacea. Countries like France and the United States have all faced backlogs and hiccups at times, and rapid tests in Britain and Spain turned out to be inaccurate. But rolling out testing in poorer countries aims to help healthcare workers get a better grip on where the virus is circulating, in hopes of following up with containment and other measures to stop it. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Please subscribe, rate and review us at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an independent production covering politics, inequality, health and climate. Delivering unbiased, verified and truthful world news. Daily. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. 
Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty Podcast.